Hello and welcome to another edition of the Informal MLB Pod. I'm your host, Sam Lewis, here with our normal co-host, Aaron Lewis. Lewis, how are you doing tonight? Lewis, I'm doing fantastic. Thank you for having me, as always. Of course, I want to give a quick shout-out to our title sponsor, Daily Buffet, where I came from recently and am ready to go. You ate Daily Buffet and survived not only to tell the tale, but to record a podcast. That's impressive. Yeah, no, I, I mean, I slept about two and a half hours before I got here. I woke up to your text saying I'll be home in about five minutes and hurried over here, but now the time is here. That is the best way to podcast is completely rolling out of bed and hopping on the mic. I will like to say that this is our official John Ward tribute podcast. Mm-hmm. Rest in uh, peace. Rest in peace to the GOAT. Um, this is also probably the only podcast that will be published today that is not solely about LeBron James. So good for us. Hey, we, we're trying to corner a niche in the market, and this is ours, our non-LeBron street corner. We are assuming that there are some some of you out there who are tired of hearing about the NBA and want to talk want to hear us talk about baseball, and that's what we're going to do. There will probably be an informal NBA pod coming later in the week at some point, but we're going to let some things settle out uh, before we hop into that. We have to see how many years the Lakers give to Ricky Davis and Vince Carter first. Vince Carter is still available. I'm pretty. Did he play for the Kings last year? Ah, uh, yes, the Kings. Yeah, he's available. Sign him up. Come on down. Come on down. All right, Lewis. Well, we're here to do a midseason recap. The 81st game of the season for a lot of teams was yesterday. Some teams it's today. You know, we had rainouts. Um, but we're halfway through, so I think it's a good time to reassess. We're going to go through um, some of our midseason awards. We're going to maybe make fun of each other a little bit for the um, guys we picked before the season. Um, Which is plenty to make fun of. We did pretty good on the teams. Uh, the team division winners and that sort of thing. Not so much on the individual awards. Uh, we might touch on that a little bit. And at the end, we'll give our all-star picks. And I'm just going to go ahead and tell you that all of mine are Atlanta Braves. At least three of mine are. I won't go that far, but three of mine definitely got to be the Bravos. Uh, I, well, Johan Camargo, if he's not starting at third base, I'm not watching the game. So... If there's nothing else you've got, let's dive right into let's it. Let's do it. Let's get some baseball in. All right. The first thing that I want to do, I think the easiest thing to do when you get halfway through the season, is kind of take take inventory so far. And one of the easiest ways to do that is to just talk about some of the awards. So if the season ended now, who would win these awards? I think this is an easy way to talk about some guys who are having better seasons than we expected, some guys who might be having worse seasons than we expected, that sort of thing. So let's start at the start. MVP in the American League. I know that there's a lot of consternation over who this is going to be. There's a lot of options. It's very wide open. Who is your pick for American League MVP through the first half of the season? Well, I'm glad that we're starting with the American League MVP because this is probably the only one I have any degree of confidence in whatsoever because it has to be Mike Trout, right? It has been Mike Trout for probably the last five years. Um, He hasn't (laughs) won all five of them. Should have, probably. (laughs) Probably should have. Uh, But, yeah, it's Mike Trout. It's not close. I mean – we could we could talk about how great Mike Trout is for a minute if you want to. You got any Mike Trout facts you want to throw out there? I mean, he's incredible. I mean, I think one I saw the other day was that, of course, he had gone through that like 20-game stretch where he had not hit a home run, which is the longest he had had in, in a year or two. And yet somehow in that stretch that was supposedly a slump for him, he was still had like a 340 on-base percentage just in those 20 games. So, no, I mean, Mike Trout, we can devote a whole pod to him one day if we want when he oh, retires. We will. Oh, we will. No, we should do it this year. <laughs> or that. Just some just some week towards the end of the season when not much is going on. But, uh, I mean, he's just far and away the best player, not just in baseball, maybe in sports right now. It's just – that's like the only debate to me there is. It's like, is Mike Trout or LeBron James the greatest American athlete? It's it's unbelievable. Jason Stark put out an article today, and it wasn't about Mike Trout, but there, Mike Trout was in it. And what he was talking about was the guys in the major leagues who are older than Mike Trout, uh-huh. who you don't think. And he just goes through this list of hotshot young players who we hear about. You know, Miguel Andujar was on there. Um, he's the only one I can think of off the top of my head. But other guys who are, you know, fresh on the scene, up-and-coming guys who are all older than Mike Trout. I think he just turned 26. And he's by, by far the best player in the league. I believe he's on pace to have the best statistical season of all time. He's he, he was. I mean, he's previously on pace to have like a 13-more season, which is just stupid when you think about it. He's cooled down a little since then, like I said, because of that little homerless stretch he went through. But he's still on pace for more than 12. I know that much. Yeah, and you're. I don't like just necessarily sorting by war and 
going down the list of those are the best players, but uh-huh. he's over six wins already, which six wins in a full season is considered elite. Oh, yeah. But if you don't like the advanced stats, you can go by the traditional stats. He's got 24 home runs to lead the league. He it, Well, he's one behind J.D. Martinez mm-hmm. now, but second in the league. He's batting 313, on-base percentage 450. I mean, that's Barry Bonds level. He's unbelievable. He's improved his defense. He's improved his base running. Lewis, this is not the Mike Trout podcast. So we've got to move on to the NL MVP. And I think that this is just as cut and dry, just as clear cut. But I'm going to let you give yours before I give mine. Well, I think we both agree on who should win the NL MVP, though I don't think it is as cut and dry as we might say, just because of another guy who I'll mention here in a minute. Blasphemy. I know, I know. But I am with you. I am going with our boy, Freddie Freeman, for the National League MVP. My boy. My favorite baseball player of all time, Lewis. Earlier this season, I made the proclamation in my head and to some close family, friends, and relatives that Freddie Freeman has officially overtaken Chipper Jones as my favorite baseball player of all time. Whoa. Uh, Chipper Jones, John Smoltz, it's kind of been, you know, I love yeah. all those guys. Freddie Freeman is now 1A for me. I love watching him play. He is incredible. He's he's been on his own little slump the last you know mm-hmm. last few ten. days, ten, yeah. 10, or tw- 10 or twelve days. Uh, he busted out of that yesterday though, as the Braves swept the St. Louis Cardinals. They hated St. Louis Thank Cardinals. God. Probably my favorite three game stretch of the season. But Freddie Freeman is having statistically he is exactly in line with Chipper Jones's nineteen ninety nine MVP season. Um, and right now I don't see a great argument for anyone else in the American League. Now, if you go to Fangraphs, which this is a Fangraphs podcast, Fangraphs cut the check, and you just, like I said a minute ago, just sort by war in both leagues, I think Freddie Freeman is is ninth or 10th. Which just shows you how good the American League is. And he's, he's leading the National League. Uh-huh. It's insane. He's 11th tied with Lorenzo Cain at 10th and 11th, and everyone above them is in the American League. So, albeit, we're, he's in the weaker league, but He's having the best Braves season since 1999. If he doesn't win the MVP, I'm going to be furious. Yeah, and what I'll say, you know, about anybody being close to him for MVP is uh, this might be the first season in a long time where I think that a pitcher might get his nose in there. I guess Clayton Kershaw was the last one to do so because I think that Max Scherzer, as well as being the favorite for the Cy Young race right now, is every bit in the mix for the MVP award, uh, if you agree with that or not. Well, that's a good transition. To we can just go yeah. right into NL Cy Young. I think it's clearly Max Scherzer. Uh, there's no debate about that. But you think that he deserves the MVP too? This is kind of a good philosophical discussion uh-huh. of can a pitcher win an MVP? What are the criteria for a pitcher mm-hmm. to win an MVP? Because the old argument is that the pitchers have the Cy Young, which is right. the pitcher's MVP. Right. So I think Verlander won an MVP. Maybe yeah. Kershaw. Kershaw won one not too long ago. But what? puts this Max Scherzer season into that level where you would consider giving him both awards. Well, I mean, I'll be honest with you. 99% of the time, I agree with the whole the Cy Young Award is the MVP. Because right. pitchers, of course, have a harder time accumulating wins, uh, being as valuable to everyday players because, as the title kind of suggests, everyday players are out there every day. Pitchers are not. Now, Scherzer, I can see winning it in a year where – Everyday players are a little bit weaker. I mean, God love Freddie Freeman. He is having an, inc- an incredible year, but uh, there's not as much competition, it seems like, when you've got eight or nine of the best players in baseball over in the American League. So uh, if there's a time for a pitcher to have an uh, otherworldly season and get his nose in there, uh, I'd say Scherzer having this year is as good of it as any of them. Scherzer is having a year that is good enough to consider him an MVP candidate. Sure. I kind of subscribe. I don't necessarily go hard line, no pitcher can win the MVP. Mm-hmm. I think it needs to be like the Kershaw year a couple of years ago, where Kershaw, not only did he have an outstanding season far and above all the other pitchers in the league, but there wasn't a good position player candidate, right? Right. There wasn't anybody who had just an outstanding MVP caliber season. I think this year, while Freddie Freeman may not be having like a you know Mike Trout season, you know no one has Mike Trout mm-hmm. seasons, but he's not having an upper echelon greatest of all time season. He's having an MVP caliber season. So is Lorenzo Cain, by the way. Sure. Oh, wow. he's had a great year. Yeah, great hurt, and, I guess. And yeah, and let's not let's not poo poo Lorenzo Cain. He's having a great season. That's a great deal um, for the Brewers. Uh, but I think both of those guys right now are having MV, MVP caliber seasons. And I would vote for both of them over the pitcher. So I think that's where I'm at. Um, right. What about the American League? What do you think about the American League Cy Young? The American League Cy Young. This one was much tougher. Oh, for I, me. I hated looking through this. It's one. much tougher for me. Before I looked up the stats, I thought to myself, well, it's Verlander, right? Okay. Verlander's having the best season of his career. He's sure. a Hall of Famer. Uh, he's at, you know, what, 35, 36, something ridiculous. And he's just 
pumping out. It seems like every time I turn on an Astros game, it's the eighth inning and Verlander's throwing 98, yeah. you know, working on a shutout. But then I, I pulled up the page, and Verlander is having a Cy Young caliber season, but so is Luis Severino, so is his teammate Garrett Cole, so is Chris Sale, Corey Kluber. I mean, even Trevor Bauer is having a le- legitimate Cy Young caliber season. I decided at the end, at the end of the day to go with Chris Sale, okay. um, only partially because he's on my fantasy team. Sure. Partially because he's leading, he's leading the league in strikeouts. To appeal to the Red Sox audience. Oh, yeah. Podcast. We've got a huge Red Sox audience among our <laughs> podcast listeners. Shout out to you guys. I'm wearing a Red Sox hat right now, just out of comfort, not cool. out of... Out of fandom, but we're, we're, we have a big New England crowd. Apparently. Oh yeah, we're really big in the Northeast. <laughs> really big in the Northeast. Go Sox! Yeah. I uh, I went with Chris Sale mostly because it, the guys that I've watched this year, he's the most dominant to me. And Luis Severino's right there with him. Mm-hmm. Justin Verlander's right there with him. It's a very close call. You could give it to any of these guys. Sure. Um, I went with Sale because I think he's just when it comes down to it, I think he's a little bit more dominant than sure. the rest of them are. And I don't have necessarily a good statistical argument to back that up. I mean, all these guys' stats all are fantastic. All four of those guys are right there. They're fantastic. But that's I'm, I'm leaning that way. No, and I promise you I'm not going to like cop out. I'm not going to avoid who I'm picking for the Cy Young. But I think between Verlander, Sale, Severino, and Trevor Bauer in Cleveland, I think all four of those guys are equally great candidates for the Cy Young. And there's really three or four more who, give them a couple of weeks, like Garrett Cole, they could probably work their way back so in there. Garrett Cole, don't forget about Corey Kluber. He's not too far yeah, behind. Yeah, I didn't throw a dart at a list of names. I promise you that. But I feel like I just randomly picked one based on who did I most recently see. And last night I watched the Yankees-Red Sox game on ESPN with Luis Severino starting, and he looked fantastic. I mean, he only had like six strikeouts in almost seven innings, but at no point in that game did it look like the Sox were going to touch him at all. So Severino at the moment is my current pick, even though tomorrow I'm sure I'll be a Verlander guy, and the next day I'll be a Chris Sale guy. So who knows what it'll be. It was a perfect dichotomy this weekend. On Saturday, you had Chris Sale, who shut out the Yankees through seven innings, uh-huh. and then the next day, come back on Sunday, and Severino shuts out the Red Sox through, I think, seven or eight. I don't, I don't remember what he threw, but... Those guys going, you know, blow for blow, punch for punch. That's great to watch. And then you throw a little Justin Verlander in there on the side. That's going to be a re- probably the most fun race to watch as far as individual awards go. Yep. And this, uh, this is not a Braves podcast, but thank God the Braves don't have to face Severino. Oh, my goodness. Series. We managed to beat Chris Sale a couple of yep. months ago, and it only cost us Ronald Acuna for a month. Oh, man. Uh, but that move takes us to the next award. The Rolaids Relief Pitcher Award. Lewis, who do you got? I didn't even know we were going through the uh, Rolaids Relief Pitcher. We're not. We're not but, going I mean, through the Relief you know, Pitcher. I'll talk Josh Hader because he's striking out. Josh, give me nine. Josh Hader. He's great. You know who I've got? Peter Moylan. Oh, Shout out to God. Peter Moylan. He's my, he's my DFA reliever. Of the Lewis, year. this is as good a time as any. Can we have the Brian Snicker discussion? I've been putting it off for two weeks on the pod. <laughs> no. Can we it's have not it? The best time. It's not. Oh, God. No, it's not. Maybe if we have time at the end. We need to have yeah. it. Oh, okay, yeah, at the end, sure. At the end, if we've got time. All right. For real, the, the last individual awards I want to talk about are the Rookie of the Year, obviously. So, I didn't go back and listen to our preseason pod, but I remember, um, as we were talking about it before we started recording, that we talked a lot about Shohei Otani uh-huh. in the preseason pod, but we specifically had an American League Rookie of the Year section, and neither one of us said Shohei Otani. I think the legend is Diaz. <laughs> I, don't, I, don't, I don't even know how to remember that name. I, I, I couldn't even think of anyone. I think I just copped out. I, I didn't see him as a rookie because he was, you know coming from the highest level of Japanese baseball. Uh-huh. Um, but he is a rookie, and he's my rookie of the year, even though he's got hurt. So they, And he's missed, what, a month and a half now? I, something like that. At least a month, I know that. Um, I think Mike Shosha came, came out last last week and said that, uh, or their GM, I don't remember, but said Otani will hit again okay. this season. And they said that he would be hitting now if they weren't trying to hold out to get him back on the mound. I think right. if he comes back and gives you anything the rest of the year, he's still my rookie of the year. I mean, Glaber Torres is having a good year. There's a couple yeah. other rookies, but Otani's still my guy in the American Yeah, League. it's kind of weird, and it just shows you how down, not just the... Um, I mean, we can go with the National here in a minute, but I think both leagues' rookie of the year races are kind of down this year. Uh, so it kind of allows a guy who's missed a whole month of the season to still be there in the lead. Because Shohei, you know, the first little bit of the season was just electric every time he was out there on the field. So, no, I think he's very easily rookie of the year. Still, to this day, the most interesting player that I've watched this year. I mean, Oh, and it won't be topped unless Mike Trout just goes on one of those stretches where he's I mean, Mike, 10 home runs in a week. Mike Trout's incredible. Like, don't get me wrong. He's incredibly fun to watch. But Otani, having 
just the raw power he's got, the uh-huh. stuff from the mound, and he was, I believe, the fastest player on the Angels. He was, yeah. Tracked by Statcast. It's un- fastest foot speed. He's unbelievable. Get well soon. Bring him back. I don't. I don't want a full year without Shohei Otani in my life. Get him to Germany. Get him to Bartolo Colon. Put the stem cells in where his shoulder. Did, where did Dirk go to con- like, Germany? Him, and, Kobe, both him Germany. and Kobe went to Germany and attacked five years onto their career. Exactly. Get him over there. Rookie of the year, National League. Who do you got? Mm, this now, is a tough one. This is really tough. And so I look at all the rookies because I mean, you've got guys like Ronald Acuna, you've got guys like Juan Soto who have all the tools. They've been electric out there on the field, but haven't quite played as many games. You know, Soto just being called up and Acuna missing a month of the season. So at the moment, I'm going Brian Anderson of the Marlins. I'm kind of throwing him a bone because I don't yeah. think there's any chance in the world that he wins this award at the end of the year. But you know what? One day he's going to be able to look back on his career and tell his grandchildren that for a half of a season he was the best rookie in the Major League Baseball. To date, Brian Anderson has probably been the best rookie, which uh-huh. is just terrible to say. And yeah. I would like to give him my vote too. Um, just to throw the Marlins a bone. you know, Any, the, any bone. Anything. I think that they – are they – Still ahead of the Mets. Where are we at? Where are we at? Uh, standings. Are they ahead of the Mets? Oh, they're one. Bad. They're one game back of the Mets. So they're oh, not. Lord. And they're ahead of the Royals. They're not the worst team in the league. Shout That's out to Derek Jeter for being only awful and not yeah. historically awful, which is what we thought they were going to be. That is uh, not good for the Mets. Um, but <laughs> I mean, shout out to Brian Anderson having a good first half. I'm yeah. not picking Brian Anderson. I'm going with Juan Soto. Okay. I think he's been a better all around player sure. so far. He's been more impactful on a better team, which I mean. It's not Brian Anderson's fault. The Marlins are trash. But no one wants to watch them. No one wants to watch them. The only times I've watched the Marlins is when they played the Braves. Uh, Juan Soto, I think he's on his way to being a star. He's Is he even 20 at this point? I think he's still 19. Yeah, I think he's turning 26. What he's doing, at, you know, he's even younger than Ronald Acuna, which is yeah. ridiculous. At this point, the Nationals do not scare me at all, especially going into the future now that we've seen you know a lot of their weak spots. But Juan Soto is a guy who I think... I don't want to face him for the next 10 years. No, he's a guy that... You know, going into this year, this was the last year that I was worried about the Nats at all. Uh-huh. Because I feel like I feel like Harper's going to walk. You know, I'm not scared of Steven Strasburg. I'm just not. No. And, and Scherzer's great, but he's in his mid-30s. And Soto is a guy who puts a little fear back into me moving bit. forward. Because he's got a chance to be a legitimate superstar. He's not even 20 years old yet. He is bad. His slash line's 310, 416, 571. <sighs> Weighted runs created plus of 164, which averages 100. He's I'm, 64% better than average as an offensive player. Yeah, I'm not even sure that Bryce Harper was doing that in his age 19 season. I have to go look back on it. It'll probably be close, but that's pretty good, uh, stout right there. I mean, just from an offensive perspective, that's superstar level line right yeah. there. And, you know, he rates as a bad defensive player. Um, he's, I mean, but, so he's a Cunha. They're yeah, 19 and Exactly. Years old. They're 19. He's playing left field. Who cares? It's you know I'm not that worried about that. So I'm giving it to Juan Soto. But while we're here, I do want to shout out good friend of the pod, Austin Meadows, for the Pittsburgh Pirates. Great organization, the Pittsburgh Pirates. Uh, Austin Meadows has been very good yes, for the Pirates this year. He was pretty good. The, the Pirates, I liked it, man. They got him. They got Colin Moran, who's also a rookie. I have Colin Moran on my fantasy team. I didn't even know he was a rookie until literally this morning. He's an older rookie. He's like 25 or 26. My he, favorite rookies. Yeah, exactly. I love rookies that are my age or older. It's great. Um, the Pirates are a great organization. Shout out to the Pirates. Visit PNC Park. It's a great place. I would love to go. Haven't been yet. If you call up our uh, original co-host, Austin Coley, if you call him up to pitch in a major league game, I'll be there. How about That's that? Pirates? Trust me, we'll be there. Yeah, we'll, we'll pod directly from PNC. Ah! <laughs> um, That'd be awesome. That wraps up the uh, awards portion of the podcast. The next thing I want to do is I want to talk about um, some more broad, maybe team-oriented things. Okay. So, so I've got this broken down into two sections. Easy enough. I'm a great podcast, you know, uh, outline writer. Go here. The hits. Yes, you got to play the hits. Who is your biggest surprise from a positive standpoint? Okay. Either team or player. Okay. I I lean a little more towards team. Okay, I did and, too. And who is your biggest disappointment? Well, from the team perspective, my biggest surprise is those two young teams in the National League East, the Braves and the Phillies, who just came out, you know, a ball of fire this year. And people are saying, good for the Braves and Phillies, they're ahead of schedule, but clearly this is still the Nationals division. Well, now here we are, July 2nd, uh, kind of getting towards the All-Star break, and the Braves and Phillies are still atop the National League East, and the Braves are six games up on the Nationals. If I told you at the beginning of the season that 
half at the halfway part halfway point of the season, the Braves would have a six game lead on the Nationals. Mm-hmm. You would not have believed me. No, Lord, I would not. Yeah, we said in our preseason pod that the Braves are going to be exciting to watch this year. Ozzy Albies, Freddie Freeman, Ronald Acuna, they were going to be fun to watch for the first time in a while, and that they would be doing well to to get to five hundred. Yeah, if they went five hundred. I would have been ecstatic. That's all I wanted. All yeah. I wanted was be competitive. As we stand right now on Ju- July the second, right? Yes. I can't remember yep. the date. July the 2nd, the Braves are 14 games over 500, have a three-game lead in the East, and six games over the Nationals. And the Phillies are every bit as good. I mean, no disrespect to them. No, and the Phillies the Phillies are in second place. Yeah. The Phillies are three games out of the Nationals, took two out of three from the Nationals this weekend. If the season ended today, they would have a wild card spot. It's unbelievable, especially for as maligned as uh, – I can't think of their manager's name. Gabe, Gabe Kapler. Kapler. <laughs> for as maligned as Gabe Kapler was at the beginning of the season, you know, he's made some questionable moves. Yep. He's got into it with Jake Arrieta. Who hasn't gotten into it with Jake Arrieta? <laughs> But he's got that team, you know, well above 500 in contention. I will say that we'll, we'll talk about this when we get to our uh, talk about our division uh-huh. winners going forward here in a few minutes. But I'm more worried about the Nationals than the Phillies. Um, oh sure. But that doesn't discount what they've done to this point. I mean, they've been they've been a positive surprise without a doubt. Um, oh, the, if the Braves would invest in the bullpen, I have no doubt they'd be ten games. Lewis, can Nationals. we talk about Brian Snicker now? Is now uh, a good time? Same to the end. Same to the end. All right. All right. Okay, my biggest surprise, obviously, is the Braves uh-huh. being in first place, but we talked about that. My other one is the other obvious team who is way overperforming what we thought, and that's the Mariners. Okay. The Mariners are currently only a half game behind the Astros. They're, quick math on that, 23 games over first place. Whew. They are wearing atrociously hideous uniforms. Oh, the forward of the future. Look that up. Yeah. RIP to Felix Hernandez. I mean, he just looked yeah. up. It wasn't a good look for him. The sleeveless, untucked. Not he was a, like me out there. Not a great look uh, for the King. Um, Speaking of the King, imagine how good the Mariners would be if he was you know, peak level. If you had good, fe- good Felix. Well, that's that's going to be my point. Is that They're 23 games over 500. They are right neck and neck with uh, the Yankees and the Red Sox. Whoever loses that division is going to win a wild card. Mm-hmm. They're right there with them for the second wild card. They are challenging the Astros. They're 23 games over 500. I think I've said seven times now. Yeah. But I I read today that while they're 23 games over 500, their run differential is only plus 22, which is that doesn't sound sustainable to me, Lewis. No. They're and winning a lot of close games. They've got a great bullpen. Yeah. Which oh, Diaz is great. Diaz is fantastic. Uh, Gene Segura. Gene Segura is having a great year. Uh-huh. Um, Kyle Seager is having a great year. You know, Nelson Cruz, as fat as he looked in that <laughs> in, in that jersey, he's having a good year too. But I just don't see this one continuing. Well, and I wanted to include the Mariners kind of in my you know great surprise pick. You can still kind of can do that, but the Mariners are different than the Braves and the Phillies in the way that the Braves and Phillies their trajectory is obviously going up from here on out for the next five years, assuming they don't botch things uh, like some teams are currently doing. But the Mariners are kind of like win now mode. Like the Mariners aren't even in first place right now, and it feels like if they don't win it this year. Like, next year is not promised. Like, things might not be this good ever again for a long time. No, as sad as it is, we, I mean, we talked about this a couple of weeks ago on the pod when we talked about the Mariners, that this is this is the Mariners' opportunity. Oh, yeah, you got to And go. it's not a good opportunity. No. Like, if you look at it on paper, they're nowhere near as good as the Astros. Right. Um, if they had peak 100%, you know, best pitcher in the league, Felix, uh-huh. then maybe. But they don't. You know, James Paxton's good, but mm-hmm. he can't do it by himself. And I'm just... I feel bad for Mariners fans assuming they're out there because the air is going to come out of this balloon sooner rather than later. Yeah, I'm looking at it now, and Felix, over his last five six games, has started figuring it out just a little bit. But I mean, he's obviously nowhere close to the Cy Young perennial contender he once was. No, and we've lamented before how how sad it is that he's given his entire career to that organization, given you know eight, nine, ten fantastic years where he was yep. legitimately best I'm best pitcher in the American League, if not the best pitcher, one of the Up three there, or four yeah. best pitchers for a decade. And could they couldn't get this man in the playoffs? And now, when they're finally on the cusp of having a team good enough to make the playoffs, he's clearly in decline. Yeah, I'm looking at it right now. Eleven straight seasons of being league average or better, and you know, for the most part, he was far above league average. It's you know, I hate it for King Felix. I would yeah. have loved to see him in a playoff series. He's such a you know a bulldog. Just the playoff mentality. He's kind of got that Verlander thing yeah. going where. It seems like he rises to the occasion, and he loves the moment. He loves striking that guy out when the entire crowd's yep. chanting his name. And we aren't going to get to see it in the playoffs but because he's just not that guy anymore. You know what? He got a Cy Young with 13 wins, so that's all I did. He did. He did. Shout out to the writers for pulling that one off. I couldn't believe that. Yeah. Um, 
My other okay, that was positive. So let's move on to negatives. Who okay. is your biggest disappointment so far in this MLB season through the first half? I've kind of got like a joint thing. Like it kind of goes together, player and team. But my biggest disappointment of the season is one: the injuries of Shohei Otani. You know, kind of robbing us of, as we mentioned, the yep. most electrifying player in baseball. I think I've used the word electric or electrifying four or five times this podcast. But I mean, that's really the only way to describe Otani because. Every time he was on the field, it wasn't just baseball nerves. I mean, it was ESPN. It was the mainstream media. Everybody was watching this guy saying, you know, what's the buzz about? What is, why is everyone talking about this Japanese import who can do everything on the baseball field? And what goes along with that, my other big disappointment, is the Los Angeles Angels because through a month of the season, we kind of talked ourselves into maybe this team isn't going to win the division. Of course, it's the Astros. They've been the best team in that division. But maybe they can sneak into a wild card spot, make a little run with these guys like Otani and Mike Trout and Drelton Simmons. And uh, now I think they're like 11 and a half games back. Yeah, exactly, 11 and a half. I'm looking at the standings now, and I don't see them making a comeback personally. It just – this team – I talked about it with one of our, one of our friends, Blake Gandy, before mm-hmm. the season about how excited I was – for the Angels, you know, they've got Trout, they've got Simmons, they've got Justin Upton, yeah. they signed Cozart, you know, they Kinsler. got Kinsler, you know, Cole Calhoun was a good player yeah. until this year, and I was talking with Blake about it, I was, he just said to me, yeah, well, let me know when the Angels actually put it together and make the playoffs, and <laughs> yeah. you know, I gotta tip my hat, because he's right, and yeah. even in a season where they have two of the top ten players in wins above replacement in the league in Trout and Simmons... You've got Justin Upton, who's an all-star caliber player. Ian Kinsler, who's having a pretty good year. And the Chohei Otani, who I think at his peak has maybe – he has the potential to be the best pitcher in the league. He wasn't this mm. year. He's very, very good. Oh, yeah. He has the potential to be the best pitcher in the league, an all-star level pitcher, and hit at a well above major league average yeah. level. And you still – I mean, they can't keep guys healthy. They just yeah. can't put together a halfway decent rotation. Garrett Richards is good, but he can't stay on the mound. The bullpen's not great. Yep. And they're 11 and a half games out. And I just don't know what to do because I don't know any Angels fans. Um, but if I did, either, yeah. if I did, I just don't know how, how as a fan you cope with having the best player of our generation, certainly. Oh, yeah. Potentially the greatest player of all time. Uh-huh. I, another Mike Trout fun fact is he passed Mike Piazza and wins a replacement for their career to like this week. Yep. He's 26 years old. Mike Piazza's in the Hall of Fame. Um, it's unbelievable. Yeah. But how do you balance having this once-in-a-generation, once-in-a-lifetime talent and then you add Otani to that, and you still can't make the playoffs. No, before I ask you this question, I mean, being Mike Trout fan is just suffering at this point because, you know, the way I've described it is, you know, think about this last season in which LeBron James was on the Cavaliers, how we just lamented all season, wow, I wish LeBron had any help around him. Like, I wish he could get anybody up to his level. Imagine five or six more seasons of that. It's and that's basically an entire at. career of that to oh, this point. It, it's it, been brutal. The only thing that I can compare it to is the World Cup's going on right now, uh-huh. and I, I, I dabble in World Cup. I okay. really enjoy watching it. I don't know a ton about it, but in the Argentina versus France game this weekend, Argentina has Lionel Messi, who's probably the greatest player in the world today. He might be the greatest soccer player of all time, uh-huh. and he's just completely over, overmatched. You know, Argentina, sure. they've been great. They've got great players, but up against a team like France, they just didn't have it. And in the second half, every time Messi gets the ball, six or seven French defenders are on him, you know, taking him to the ground, taking the ball away from him, and just watching him stand there looking around like, what else can I do? Yeah. You know, I'm giving it everything I have, and I just don't have any help. And that's what it's like with Mike Trout. And we haven't heard any, any statements like that out of Mike Trout. He's always, you know, taking the high road. Oh, he's the Boy Scout for sure. Yeah, he's, he's a 100% Boy Scout through and through, and he's never going to complain about it, but... As fans, we can complain for him. Oh, yeah. I just want to see him on a good team. Just please don't let that team be the Phillies. Can, we, please, can we do a World Cup podcast in like two weeks before the final? We that can. awesome. We might have to have a friend of the pod, Andrew Molendor, on, who actually follows <laughs> yeah. soccer more than once a year, once every four years, which is how much I follow it. Uh-huh. But I love the World Cup. It's great. I, I really, I, I really I love watching it. RIP to Japan. Now, wow. were, were the Angels going to be your biggest disappointment, or did you have a separate one? I had the Angels on here as okay. my biggest disappointment. The other, only other one I wanted to talk about was the Nationals and Bryce Harper specifically. Yeah, oh, Bryce Harper. Yeah, I that's mean, really. Bryce, through, through like six weeks of the season – when I think we had our first or second MLB pod sometime around you know mid-May or June, we talked about how Bryce Harper was not having an impressive statistical season as far as traditional stats. His batting average was low. Mm-hmm. You know he 
But the power was good. He was getting on base. He was still doing everything else. He just was batting like 220. Now he's not doing all that other stuff. He's yeah. changed his approach. He's being way too aggressive. He's not getting on, on base as much. He's really in a rut. He looks like he's pressing in a contract year. Yeah, and me and you have disagreed about Bryce Harper for a long time because I've always loved the guy. I've always been a Bryce Harper fan. But, yeah, what just watching him now just looks different. I mean, in the past it's always been, even when he's hitting 222-30, he's like Mike Trout. He's still getting on base. He's still uh, still in bases. He's finding something to do to win the game. And now it's just odd. Yeah, you're right. It's contract year, and it's his worst year ever. I, well, okay, let me take that back. His second year in the bigs, or third year, the one he got hurt, wasn't great. But um, it's just weird. I, I, I don't like watching uh, Bryce Harper in this he, sense. He's still an above-average hitter, right? Mm-hmm. He's still, even with the on-base percentage down, and he's still walking almost 19% of his at-bats. Mm-hmm. He's striking out too much, but you can live with the strikeouts if you're contributing other things. I mean, he, he was leading the league in home runs in June at the beginning of June, and he's right now he's sitting only at 20. You know, he's, he's up there at least. You know, he's still got a lot of home runs, but most of, those, most of those came in like the first six weeks of the season. Yeah. He rates as a poor defender. He's not giving you the base running value that he's given you in years past. Can he, you give him $400 million this offseason? That's what's going to be my question to you. <laughs> I mean, he, he's still he's only 25. Yeah. He has all the potential in the world, and when he's healthy, that year he had was his MVP season, 2015. Yeah, 15. I mean, all-time great MVP season. Oh, I mean, well, probably one of the top two or three off- offensive seasons I've ever seen. I mean... That, take Barry Bonds out of the equation. It's probably the best offensive season I've ever Barry seen. Barry Bonds level offensive production, but we've only seen it that one time. Yeah. He's always hurt, or he's always in a rut, yeah. or he's always, you know... He's kind of like... Him and Steven Strasburg, Strasburg's careers almost mirror each other perfectly. Unfortunately, yeah. But, and unfortunately for Nats fans, fortunately for Braves fans. <laughs> yeah, although, really. although both of those guys have done you know done enough damage to the Braves. Yeah. Um, but they're both just when they're healthy, they are arguably the best at what they do in the league. Yep. But there's just always something wrong. Yeah, Mike Trout's my favorite player, but I mean, I'm looking at doing the math in my head right now. I started following Bryce Harper when he was 16 years old. You know, on me the cover too. Of he's Sports m- Illustrated. Bryce Harper is, I think, three weeks younger than me. Yeah, I mean, he's yeah, I think just barely older than me. So uh, it's been nine years, and I thought by the age of 25, he was a, he would have taken over baseball. Like he was going to be the the Babe Ruth of our generation. And it's weird we found different Babe Ruth. Exactly. Well, he's been he was so tantalizing and close. I mean, that MVP year was so yeah. good, and he just can't quite put it together. Yeah. And as we're talking about this and lamenting Bryce Harper's disappointing season, I know that the second half of the year he's going to turn into oh, to Mickey Mantle. It's going to make me sick. Ted Williams, and he's going to, you know, the Nationals are going to come tearing back and pass the Braves, and Bryce Harper's going to win the MVP and going to get a billion-dollar contract. And I can't talk about it anymore, Lewis. All right, so moving on. Moving on, let's do some updated playoff predictions. Okay. So before the season, we gave our playoff predictions, and our overarching theme was that the division races were going to be boring. The only one that we even had a discussion about was the American League East, Yankees versus Red Sox. Uh That's obviously going to be the best race going forward, probably. Um, But there's some other uh, divisions now that are up for grabs that we didn't think were before. The Dodgers had an awful start to the year. They're in in second place. The Braves, we talked about, are leading the the National League East. The Brewers are still holding off the Cubs in first place. Uh, The Mariners are challenging the Astros. These divisions are not as cut and dry as we thought they were. So, sitting at 81 games, let's just repick it. Yes, you know, sir. let's repick it. American League, let's start in the West and work our way East because I think the East is more sure. more entertaining. Sure. We pick both picked the Astros before the season. The Astros are fantastic. Still probably the best team in the league. Yeah, look at it now. They are a half a game ahead of the Mariners in first place and eight and a half ahead of the Athletics. With the A's are having a pretty good year, too, which we yeah. could, I mean, we could make. Let's talk about the A's for a second. Billy Dean's a smart man. Billy Dean. I'll always love Billy Dean. The Dean. A's, they just, they take, it looks like trash, and they put together yep. a good team. And if they were in another division, they could really compete for the division, yep. for a division title and a playoff spot. But with the Astros, they just, they just can't do it. If you're Billy Bean, do you make some trades to try to add to this team to compete for a wild card spot or do you just you know do what they always do and sell what you've got and I'm gonna be honest eight games out of the wild card I think you're probably doing what you usually do and I mean the athletics this year I mean seven games above 500 
that is far above what they thought they were going to get. So uh, I think their fans are probably, if not pleased, at least content with what's happened this year. So, no, I don't think they catch up to, to the Mariners. So I do think they should be looking towards the future because if they are 46-39 and 39 with this team, you know, who knows what could happen when, we get, when they get some of those prospects called up. Uh, no, but in regards to the AL West, I don't see how you can stray from the Astros. We picked them at the start of the year, and we like the Mariners, but we don't love them. So I definitely think the Astros are the team to beat there. Rest in peace, Angels. I know. I wanted the Angels to, to compete for that division. But the A's, if they were in the National, or the American League Central, they would be neck and neck with the Indians. Yep. And it would be another fun race. But in the division they're in, this is, goes back to what's wrong with the with the Major League Baseball's division system. I mean, uh-huh. you could argue just to reset the whole thing and let the five, five best teams in. Um, that's not what this podcast is about. <laughs> um, but I do feel for the A's. They've got a good team, and they're not going to make the playoffs because of the division they're in. Um, but I've got the Astros going forward. The Astros are going to win the West. And we said a few minutes ago, I think the Mariners are going to fall off. They'll, mm-hmm. they'll compete for a wild card. Um, I think they'll win a wild card, honestly. I, they're, they're the favorites right now, for sure. But in in the West, I'm taking the Astros. Central, we said the Indians before the season. They had a slow start, but they're taking control of what might be yeah. the worst division of all time. All time. Good Lord. They're we awful. We don't need to talk about the American League Central. They're terrible. The Indians are going to win that division by default. Back to the American League East. Lewis, before the season, mm-hmm. this was the only debate we had on the division winners. Yep. You took the Yankees. I took the Red Sox. Yep. We are 81 games in. They are in a virtual tie for first place. <laughs> They're a literal tie for first place. <laughs> a literal tie for first place. I think the Yankees are percentage points ahead based on some rainouts early yeah. in the season. Has your opinion changed? Who do you think is going to win this division now that we've seen a half of baseball? I think in the preview pod we did, I you know obviously I picked the Yankees. I do remember that. I vaguely remember making a point that I think that the Red Sox are an all-around better team than the Yankees. I still sure. believe that because you know you got Chris Sale, Rick Porcello, you know the Cy Youngers or Cy Young contenders in the rotation. Then in the lineup, I mean you've just got guys who are raking, you know Mookie Betts, Andrew Benintendi, guys who really just look like studs out there every day. Uh, and the Yankees, of course, nothing to take away from them. They've got Stanton, Judge, um, Aaron Judge, who just hit a home run I off of that, Andrew yeah. Sanchez. Uh, they've got a tough talent as well. Uh, the Red Sox are a better team, but I am going to stick with the Yankees just because I'm not one to kind of stray from my original predictions. But that's going to be far and away, I think, the best race to follow going into September. No doubt, it has been before you know to this point in the season already, and there was there was some real Yankees Red Sox buzz this weekend going into yes. that series at Yankee Stadium. Uh, I didn't get to watch a ton of it, but we I mean we talked about it briefly. You have Sale on Saturday for the Red Sox, and you got yep. Severino on Sunday for the Yankees. And I think those guys going head to head moving forward is going to be great. Those two lineups are probably, you know, two of the three or four best lineups in the league. Um, baseball is fun when those two teams yes. are good. You know, love them or hate them, baseball needs those teams to be relevant, and they yep. are, and it's great. But I picked the I picked the Red Sox before the season. We're in a virtual tie at this point. I'm going to stick with the Red mm-hmm. Sox prediction. Yep. The only thing that gives me pause is, and I think we talked about this in the preview pod, is David Price. Is not Pete David Price, no. Lewis. He, you know, I think he gave up six home runs in Yankee Stadium on Friday right. night, or it might have been Sunday. I'm not sure. It was game, last night. Lord. Was it last night? Yeah. yeah. And it doesn't look great. And the Red Sox, you're not going to get, you know, peak A plus David Price at this mm-hmm. point. And you know, he's over 30. He's probably on the backside of his career. But if you could get above average David Price, I think that really swings this race. Yeah, and really. You're going to hate this, but the only hot take I have coming out of the Yankees-Red Sox series from this weekend is that it is very clear that Rutherford County is done producing baseball talent. It's over. <laughs> oh, no. It's Lewis. done. Don't do that. Pro- David Price and Sonny Gray both looked like hot garbage. <laughs> Just awful. It wasn't a good weekend for the Rutherford County baseball. It was not. Um, we're, we're hanging on to Austin Coley at this point. Austin Coley, you pull through for us, my man. <laughs> Um, David Hess, kind of Rutherford County tangential pitching for the Orioles, also True. also not great. Um, now we also have Rex Brothers though. Keep that. In mind. Rex Brothers keep is he still in the major leagues? No. He's not. <laughs> He's not in the major leagues. Um, I'm taking the Red Sox there. Okay. That's a fun. That's a fun race to to watch the rest of the season. Yep. So I'm assuming you're taking the Red Sox as a wild card. I am. I'm and taking the Yankees as a wild card, and you're taking the Mariners. I am. I'll stick with the Mariners. I don't feel very good about that. They just have such a lead at this point. They've like, got such a big lead. They might blow up. It'd be hard. I mean, I think they're really going to come crashing back to earth, and I will believe the Mariners make the playoffs when I see the Mariners make mm-hmm. the playoffs. Um, they haven't made the playoffs since 2001, I think. It's been a minute. But 
when I look at the standings, I just don't see anybody that's going to overtake them. I mean, no one in the Central is – that division is terrible. The Tigers are in second place, and they're 10 games under five hundred. Mm-hmm. So if you're going to say that the Mariners are going to fall out of the race, you got to put somebody in there. So it's either going to be the Athletics. I mean, the Rays are kind of fringy. Um, yeah. I'll take the Athletics just to be different, but I don't think it's going to matter. Um, Probably not, yeah. I'm – you know what? No, I'm going to stand on the table. I'm going to say the Mariners are going to collapse and miss the playoffs, and the A's are going to be the second wild card. There you go, Lewis. I said <laughs> it. It's in stone. It's on the informal podcast. I like it. It is canon. National League playoff teams, National League divisions. Let's once again. We'll start out west and come east. We both picked the Dodgers preseason. Yep. The Dodgers started off terribly. Uh, Justin Turner injured. Clayton Kershaw on and off the DL. Just everybody that could get hurt has gotten hurt. Yep. Alex Wood has been okay. Cody Bellinger, really rough start. But here they come. They're, they're storming back. The Diamondbacks, who start off hot, have yep. been awful the last couple of months. Mm-hmm. And I believe the Diamondbacks are still holding on to a two-and-a-half game and lead, half, yep. but the Dodgers are pretty clearly the best team in this division. I'm still picking them to win that division. What say you? Now, I'll say this. I picked, like you, I went with the Dodgers at the start of the year, and I'm also not going to go away from that just because I think – being two and a half games back when you got the stars like Clayton Kershaw, Justin Turner, you sell up a week. I do think that they're going to make a comeback and win that division. Now, I will readily admit, though, because I always admit when I'm wrong, I was completely wrong about the Arizona Diamondbacks because going into this year, I thought that they were going to be just kind of like a one-hit wonder. You know, Tori Lovallo did a great job last year of getting them to the division win. Uh, but, no, they won the division last year, right? Or they the wild no, they were a wild card. That's wild right. I'm sorry. Yeah, the Dodgers yeah. won the division. First but, wild card. Yeah, but he did a great job in his first year getting to the playoffs, and I didn't think he was going to be able to replicate that, but he has. So, no, good for Lovallo, good for the Diamondbacks, but I am going with the Dodgers to win that division. I'm as well. I think it's funny when you talk about the Diamondbacks that the first month or six weeks of the season when they were playing so well – Paul Goldschmidt was having probably the worst stretch of his career. Oh, man, he didn't look good at all. And now that he's back to regular Paul Goldschmidt, they have fallen off completely. That's beside the point. That's a different podcast. Yep. NL Central, the we both picked the Cubs. The Cubs have been good. Mm-hmm. Uh, the Brewers have been much better than expected, I think, or at least better than I expected. And That's they, another team I was wrong about, yeah. Yeah, and they still hold that division lead. Do you think they can hold off the Cubs for the rest of the season, or is it going to be a repeat of 2017? where they were in first through the All-Star break, and the Cubs took that division over in August and September. I think it's a direct repeat because, you know, the, the, the Brewers I was wrong about, they're definitely better than I thought they were. Uh, now, Lorenzo Cain's injury has kind of shifted my opinion just a little bit just because, you know, he's been an MVP caliber level player, and uh, without him, I'm not totally sure what Milwaukee's got because, I mean, I, I'm assuming they're playing Ryan Braun every day now, right? They've got – I mean, they got Domingo Santana. They've uh-huh. got – Tim's out there. Is that yeah. Thames? Tim's? I don't know how you say it. Eric Tim's thing. Yeah. Um, Christian Yelich, their other offseason signing, has been very good. <laughs> Travis, good. Travis Shaw is a good player yep. um, who they got basically for free from Boston. Sure. Um, and Keon Broxton is still bouncing around. Is he? Did they send him down? They sent him down, didn't they? I couldn't tell you, honestly. I, I don't know either. They've got an overflow of, of position players. Because I remember after they made the big Yelich and Kane signings, everybody thought, okay, when's the trade coming? Because now they've got four or five good Major League outfielders. Uh-huh. And they never made the trade. So they've still got you know quality Major League players they can put out there. But none of those guys is Lorenzo Kane. No. And if Kane's out for an extended period of time, that 100% gives the division to the Cubs. I've said this before, that I just don't trust the Brewers pitching staff. I mean, Josh Hader's incredible yeah. out of the pen. He's unbelievable. But, I mean, just a, giving a quick look at this, I'm seeing Wade Miley here as a starting pitcher. Yeah. Uh, you know, it's just Jehulish Chassin. That's not great. They, Jimmy Nelson is fine, but I don't, I just don't trust the pitching staff. And I'm going to take the Cubs because I think the Cubs are the better team. No, I mean, I, I'm definitely not straying far from that. I mean, when you got guys like, uh, Anthony Rizzo, Chris Bryant. Speaking of which, is Chris Bryant healthy right now? He was on the DL, but I yeah. think it was kind of minor. I think he yeah. should be back pretty soon. I think quick. he's coming back pretty soon. I'm definitely not going to stray from my Cubs pick. They're, I'm probably more confident, or excuse me, I'm definitely far more confident in them than I'm the Dodgers. Yeah, I could see that. I could see that. Just the Dodgers have too many injuries they're mm-hmm. dealing with right now. That brings us to the East, Lewis. This is, I haven't looked at your prediction for the East. Uh-huh. I haven't given you mine. We've talked a lot about the Braves, obviously. This is a pseudo-Braves podcast. <laughs> We've talked a lot about the Nationals. You come at the Braves, we're going to talk about you. Yep. Before the season, we both picked the Nats, mm-hmm. begrudgingly. We, I think we both said that the Nationals were the ones, the 
division-winning team that we were kind of least confident about uh-huh. that we didn't think was all that yeah, good. Yeah, we did say that. Uh, we didn't think they'd be as bad as they have been to this point. Uh, Braves have a six-game lead over the Nats, three-game lead over the Phillies. The Phillies are still in this race, Lewis. Mm-hmm. 81 games left with a three-game head start. Do the Braves close this thing out? Yeah. At the start of the season, I did pick the Nationals. And throughout the season, you know, the Braves have been in first place for, it seems like, 95% of the pretty season. Pretty much. Pretty much the majority At this of the point. But all year, I've kind of begrudgingly said, yes, they look good. They're way ahead of schedule. But at some point in the year, the Nationals are going to turn it on. They're going to kind of rock ahead of the Braves. I think now is one of the first times I'm starting to tell myself, like, this is it. You know, the Nationals aren't doing it. The Braves are going to hold on. And I guess the only thing I can end my prediction with is that, one, I'm going with the Braves to win this division. Good for uh, you. But what goes along with that is I'm also totally ready to have my heart broken again. Lewis, I know what uh, I'm gonna I'm gonna do another metaphor. All right, okay. this season is 2016 UT football. Sure, the Vols are five and zero. Oh god, we've had some incredible wins. You know, pulling it out late over Florida, the Hail Mary versus Georgia. I'm telling myself all year this team isn't that good. We're not gonna win the division. We hit the Hail Mary, Jawan Jennings over Georgia. Yep. And I, I bought it, Lewis. Hook, line, and sinker. Yeah. We're a top ten team. We're one of the best teams in the in the, the country. Lost to AM, lost to Bama, lost to South Carolina, lost to Vandy. Butch Jones is fired a year later. I'm seeing Shrapnel having PTSD flashbacks it, to I'm the week of the Texas AM game because that week of the UT playing Texas AM. I think I was blocked by every administrator at Texas AM <laughs> from tweeting them. <laughs> I went to a friend's wedding the morning of the Texas A&M game. I'm not going to say who it was because I love you to death. I was, I was with you at that I wedding. I bolted. I got out of there as soon as possible get home. I was... Great friends. Oh, Still happily married. Great. Good, yeah, good I, for you. I had far too much whiskey during the game. And, um, <laughs> oh, I just don't want to talk about that anymore. Lewis, this <laughs> delved quick. I shouldn't have mentioned UT football. For all you listeners out there, when the fall runs around, look out. Me and Lewis are going in on Jeremy oh, Pruitt and UT football. I'll be at most every game this year, so I'm so down to have a UT football podcast. We will. Let's get back to the yeah, Braves. My point is, to this point in the season, I have not bought into the Braves. Sure. I have been enjoying the ride. Yep. I've been enjoying watching Ronald Acuna, watching Ozzie Albies, watching my favorite Brave of all time, Freddie Freeman, Nick Markakis, who should have got some love in our biggest surprise of the season portion Absolutely. of the podcast. He's been incredible. I'll give him some more love here in a minute. But I'm not going to buy in, Lewis. I'm picking the Nationals. I'm picking really? the Nationals to win because I truly believe that Bryce Harper is going to have an incredible second half and bring him back from the dead. I think the Braves will hold on to a wild card spot. Okay. Um, and then we're, I just hope we don't have to throw Annabelle Sanchez or Brandon <laughs> McCarthy out in the wild card game. But I still think that the Nationals are going to win the division, and I'm not going to buy it until the Braves actually clinch. If we throw Brandon McCarthy in the wild card game, you'll have to find a new host for the podcast, because <laughs> I promise you I'll be around. This podcast will die, and we will rebrand purely <laughs> as a UT football podcast, right. if that happens. But I'm not going to buy it. I'm not going to buy the Braves are going to win the division until they're having the champagne party in the locker room. That's I'm fair. just not going to let myself... No, that's I'm not, not going to open myself up to that kind of pain. I'm sticking with the Nationals... Um, I think on paper they just have a better team. Okay. Um, but all break- I know is pain, so I'm ready for it. Yeah, well, it's going to be painful either way. <laughs> I'm lying to myself. Wild card, I'm taking the Braves to okay. win a wild card, and I'm taking the Brewers slightly over the Phillies. I think the Brewers have a better long-term outlook than the Phillies do just for this season. I agree with you on that one. So the, the Brewers, did they win the wild card last year? They just could- uh, put out playoffs totally. No, they did not make the playoffs. Yeah, last I year. think they probably learned their lessons from last year. Hopefully, at least, and, and, and especially once Lorenzo Cain gets healthy, I think they'll be okay. So, no, I'd say the Brewers and the. You know what? I'll go Phillies. I'll say Phillies for it. The Nats I, miss the playoffs all together. I love it, Lewis. I guess by saying that, I'm banking on Bryce Harper not figuring it out, which is probably dumb of me, but. You know, man can dream. You're you're picking with your heart, and I love it. I'm rooting for you to be right, not okay. me. Also, I'd like to put this out there. Aaron Judge's home run went 340 feet. That's not a home run. Playing a Major League Stadium, Yankees. <laughs> All right. The wind tunnel. So the last thing we've got to talk about tonight, we're going much longer than I thought we were going to, obviously, because we always do. We've got about 10 minutes left, Lewis. We're going to have to go through mm-hmm. this pretty quick. Let's do it. But it is all-star time in Major League Baseball. That's correct. We're roughly a week or 10 days out from the all-star game. Yep. Um, I think they had the last update today yep. on the, who the voting leaders were. Get your ballots in. Get your ballots in. You can vote, what, five times a day or something like that. Something yeah. ridiculous. I'm going to fill mine out while we're doing this. I'm, I'm, yep. yep. The, the, when I filled it out for this podcast was the first time I'd filled mine out. So we're going to go through our, our 
our all-star ballots, yep. and we can use this as an opportunity to talk about some players we haven't talked about yet. Mm-hmm. Um, but I'm just going to go right down the MLB ballot. We're going to go position by position. Let's do it. So we'll start off at first base, and we'll start off with the American League because they're in the first column. And we can talk about how the American League first basemen as a whole are hot garbage. It's well, nothing good, yeah. It is a just it's – a, it's a desert out there in the American League. Second only to American League catching, which we'll get to towards oh, the end. Oh, Lord. But who did you settle on as your American League first baseman? Because there's no good options. In, in my first base category in the American League, I was tempted to go with a certain guy who has really helped my fantasy team out this year, Matt <laughs> Olson. Shout out to you. By the way, I'm going to shout out a lot of my fantasy players in this segment because I love them to death. We mostly do this podcast so we can talk about our fantasy And they've carried me to eighth place. I'm sorry to Lance. Sorry to you. It's our last now, so enjoy the ACT. But I'm going with my man out of Boston, Mitch Moreland, just because I think he's a great two-way first baseman. You know, pretty good power hitter, pretty solid defender over there at first base. And I think he deserves some recognition for that. So I'm going Mitch Moreland. Had a really good season against the Braves. Let's not not forget that. Um, We talked about, when we talked about the MVP, how all of the best players in the league – Outside of Freddie Freeman mm-hmm. and Lorenzo Kaner in the American League, that doesn't extend to first base. All of the all of the best first basemen are in the National League. Mm-hmm. I I decided on Justin Smoke for okay. one reason. All right, he's having a solidly above average season. Yeah, uh, the batting average isn't good, but he's getting on base. You know, he's he's hitting for some power, walking a lot. Um, I think he's hit a home run in every game I've watched him, which is like three he, times. He's, it's the Gary Sheffield rule. Every time I watch him play, he hits a home run. That's right. Shout out to my neighbors who are still shooting off fireworks, even though it's not dark yet. Yep. Um, or July 4th. <laughs> or July 4th. Whatever. Shoot them shoot while you got them. Yep. I'm taking Justin Smoke because the Blue Jays have to have an all-star. And if it's not Justin Smoke, who's it going to be? Very true. Ugh, so there true. you go. That's all. We, we've talked too much about American League first baseman. National League first baseman, it's Freddie Freeman. Ah, I'm going Freddie Freeman as well. It's Freddie Freeman. Now, Joe, shout out to Joey Votto. He's one of my favorite players. Joey Votto's having a good season. Brandon yeah. Belt's having a good season. Um, you know, Paul Goldschmidt's come on really, really well here the last few weeks. But it's Freddie Freeman. Second base... In the American League, once again, it's Jose Altuve. Yeah, for, for the first couple weeks of the season, I really thought that Jed Lowry might have done it. But Jerry La- Jed Lowry, he, a great year. Jed Lowry is seeking towards a July 30th trade to the Braves. It's going to happen. Oh, man, I'd be pretty happy over it, but I'm also going with Jose Altuve. It's Jose Altuve in the American League, without yep. a doubt. National League is a little more interesting because you've got the hometown guy for us, which is Ozzy Albies, having mm-hmm. a great, mm-hmm. great season, very deserving. Then you've got Javi Baez, who's also having a great year. I believe I have more walks on the season than Javi Baez does. He swings yeah. at everything. Got to love that guy. Then you got Scooter up in Cincinnati. Yeah. We've got a lot of Cincinnati Reds Scooter, fans listening to the podcast. Lewis, you got to have to break somebody's heart. You're going to have to break my heart or the Reds fans' heart or the Cubs fans. I don't, I don't think you're picking Well, shout-out to pretty much my entire family. Shout-out Clay Wilson. Shout-out Zach Fry, Andrew McNicholas, all the Reds fans I know. But I am going to Aussie Albies. I'm very biased. Uh, this is... I guess we call it a pseudo Braves podcast. Yeah. I'm going Aussie Albies. I am too, and it's 100% from a place of personal bias. Sure. Um, for me, it Aussie Albies and Scooter Jeanette are neck and neck. Yep. I mean, they're both having great seasons. You shouted out some people. I'll shout out Andrew Macignano, Tyler Presley. Got some Reds <laughs> fans in my life as well. Uh, I think all uh, Braves fans do. I mean, we're, we're right here on the border. You're either a Braves fan or a Reds fan in this yep. in this area. Or a Cardinals fan. Sweet, and if you're yeah. a Cardinals fan, we hate you. I hate West Tennessee. Yep, West Tennessee is not actually Tennessee. Anything west of Dixon doesn't count. Yeah. Um, <laughs> Scooter's having a great season. Scooter Jeanette. Yep. Probably a better offensive season than Ozzy is, just because Ozzy, you know, he's not walking a ton. The batting average isn't as good as we thought it was going to be. He's hitting for a lot of power, though. Ozzy Albies I'm talking about. And he's a mm-hmm. fantastic defensive second baseman. He's elite on the defensive side of the ball, and Scooter's good, but I'll take Ozzy as a more rounded, well-rounded player. Yep. And uh, he's on my favorite team, so that's the tiebreaker. I'm yep. sorry, it just is. Shortstop in the American League. This is another one that's very, that's tough, one, yeah. very tough. That's probably the deepest position in baseball. I bet is American League shortstop. American League shortstops. I mean, just we'll just go through the list. You got Manny Machado. You got Francisco Lindor. Andrew Simmons, Xander Bogarts, Carlos Correa, Didi Gregorius, Carlos Correa. I mean. That's a lot. And we're not even talking about the National League guys. You know, I didn't. I didn't mention Gene Segura was having a great mm-hmm. year. So, if you look at the WAR leaderboards, Francisco Lindor's first. Mm-hmm. Um, he's the best offensive shortstop probably. Manny Machado's having a great year too. He's right there neck and neck with yep. him. Uh, who'd you go with? Who'd you decide to go with? Did you go with Lindor? 
I want to throw the door because I think that he's been not just you know one of the best shortstops in baseball this year. I think he's probably top five player in baseball at this point. All all around. I wanted to give some love to Andrelton Simmons, who has reached a peak that I thought he would never reach. But he's I mean he's turned out to be a pretty good hitter at this point, as well as being you know an all time great defensive shortstop, but I'm going Lindor. I mean, it's just hard to go against a guy who is just raking at the plate and is still a very good defender. I think I think that's the right answer. I think Lindor is the right answer. I picked Andrelton Simmons, again, showing my bias. He's one of my favorite players in the league. I love watching Andrelton Simmons play defense. It's one of the most beautiful things that you can watch on a baseball field. Mm-hmm. I've talked about it before. I'm not going to talk about it here. He's great. He's also having a very good offensive season, probably the best offensive season of his career. Um we talked about it before we started recording that Sean Newcomb's having a great year, but mm-hmm. every time I see Andrelton Simmons, you know, who's batting three twenty, and it, it makes me hate that trade more and more. I went with Simmons because I love Simmons and I think he's deserving, but I think Lindor is probably the right answer. He's, ah, yeah, I can't go against Lindor. He's almost as good a defender as Simmons. It's, I mean, he's not almost as good. He's a very, very elite level defensive shortstop, sure. and he's a better offensive player. So I think Simmons is the right answer, or Lindor is the right answer, but I went with Simmons. So that brings us to National League shortstops. Not as deep as the American League shortstops, but yeah. who do you got? No, this one, I'm kind of, once again, biased, kind of looking at my fantasy team, but this guy's also, I think, probably the best shortstop in the National League. I'm going Trey Turner for the Nationals, even though I was really banking on him having kind of a big breakout offensive year. And that's really not happened, apart from the fact that I believe he's still leading the league in stolen bases. Isn't he? I think he's a 22 right 22 now. 22 right now, yeah. Which really didn't seem like a whole lot at the midway point in the year. But I'm going Trey Turner. He's had a good year, um, which I think just kind of illustrates the fact that I don't think the National League is as good as the American League at this point. It's definitely not at this position. And probably overall, it's not. I went with Brandon Crawford because he, similar to Andrew Simmons, is having by far the best offensive season of his career and is a very good defensive shortstop, too. He's a guy that's known for his defense. Um, but he's really showed up on the offensive side of the ball. Uh-huh. And... I gave him the nod over Turner. It's close between him and Turner, but I think Brandon Crawford is having a better year compared to what I thought he was going to do. Yeah. So that's where I went there at shortstop. I looked at two or three weeks ago, and I think then I was thinking Crawford, but I think Turner's starting to pick it back up a little bit. Yeah, you can't go wrong with either one of those two guys there. Third base, American League. It's got to be Jose Ramirez, right? I mean, he's he is – you mentioned Lindor being top five in the league. Jose Ramirez is – right behind Mike Trout as the best player in baseball this year. No, I mean, Jose Ramirez, I think Cleveland has the, obviously the best left side of the infield in baseball between him and Francisco Lindor. And uh, Ramirez, at, at first, I thought, you know, he's having a good run. He's going to hit for a little bit of power, but he's not going to make a run, you know, 30 home runs or anything. And at this point, he's up there with Trout as the best player in baseball, as kind of as you mentioned. He is behind J.D. Martinez for the league leading home runs, tied with Mike Trout with 24. Mm-hmm. He is a excellent defensive third baseman. His on-base percentage is nearly 400. He does everything you want a baseball player to do. He, if you're looking at American League third baseman, Alex Bregman is having a fantastic year. Matt Chapman with the A's. Probably, I'll say, the second best defensive player in the mm-hmm. league behind yep. Anderton Simmons sure. as a third baseman. Shout out Alex Bregman. He's had a great year, too. Yeah, Alex Bregman having a great year. But Jose Ramirez is in a league of his own, mm-hmm. you know, among third basemen. And it's it's nothing nothing against Bregman and Chapman and some of these other guys. He's mm-hmm. just having the best year among American League third basemen. He's the All Star without a doubt. Oh yeah, there's no. Hey, he's going to be. I think probably finish second or third in MVP uh, voting, depending on how much he bets. Finishes. The yeah, year. could win the non MVP, non Mike Trout MVP, which is a great, or great, <laughs> great award. award. Everyone should aspire to that. We should give that one out at the end of the year. Yeah, they should. They absolutely should. National League third base is where we're at now. Yep. Who do you got on your National League ballot at third base? That was a fairly tough one, but at the end of the day, I think I was analyzing that one a little bit too hard. I'm going Nolan Arenado. It's oh, the right answer. Yeah. He's, he's the best third baseman. Rendon's having a good year. Shout out to our Reds fans. Eugenio Suarez, if he hadn't got hurt, he might have been National League candidate at third base. He's having a good season. I think he missed about six weeks in there. Uh-huh. Um, he always got to say Chris Bryant. Travis Shaw having a really underrated season for the Brewers. But Nolan Arenado... He's the all-star at third base in the National League until further notice. I mean, he's just one of those guys. He passes the eye test. He passes the old school, the new school. He's the guy over in Colorado. Great, absolutely great defensive third baseman and one of the best hitters in the league, too. So, 
Now I'm going to skip catcher, which is next on the on the uh, ballot, mm-hmm. because that's going to be a fun discussion. And we're going to go to the outfield. So who are your three guys in the outfield in the American League? Two easy ones, and then one maybe not so easy. I thought it was three easy ones, even though there was a tough cut there. So I'm going Mike Trout. He's just obviously the one. Mookie Betts. I think is pretty obvious too. Obviously, he missed 10, 15 games, but even still has had an incredible season. University of Tennessee commitment should have been an alumni. <laughs> now I'm going Aaron Judge in the third spot. Now Eddie Rosario in Minnesota was. A semi tough cut for me because I, I do want him to get recognition and he will be in the All Star game, no doubt about it, in my opinion. Baron Judge is my third guy. What about you? I went with Rosario over Judge, um, mostly just so we could talk about Eddie Rosario for a minute. I believe, as of my last check, he's on pace to set the record for doubles in a mm-hmm. season. He's having a fantastic year. We never talk about Eddie Rosario because why would anyone ever talk or about Eddie twins, Rosario yeah. or the Twins in general? Um, Judge definitely deserves to be an all-star, and he will be. Those are, The three starters are going to be Trout, Betts, and Judge, uh-huh. I think. Uh, but Rosario deserves some recognition, so I put him on my list. That was pretty easy. National League, in the outfield, who are your three guys? That lining is much tougher because, good Lord, that's just a show in itself. Not a lot going on in the National League outfield. The best outfield in the National League has been Lorenzo Cain, even though he's yep. hurt. So I'm definitely going Cain, at least to get the recognition of being in the All-Star game, even if he doesn't play. Brandon Nimmo, I think, is probably the second best player I've got to watch live this year, other than Freddie Freeman. He had a couple great at-bats in the game where Charlie Culberson ended up hitting the walk-off home run that I was in the house for. So that was very nice. Playoff Chuck! Yeah, the third spot has a couple guys I could give some credit to, like Kyle Schwarber and Ben Zobris, both Cubs, who I think are very deserving of being All-Stars. But being a Braves podcast, I'm going with my boy, who, by the way, I was completely wrong about uh, for the last... Four years? No, no. <laughs> the last three years are pretty miserable. The last 365 days, I've been pretty wrong about Nick Markakis. Uh, so I'll give him the credit of uh, being an All-Star this year. We um, were not complimentary of Nick Markakis on the preseason pod. Uh-huh. He's an All-Star. He's having the best year he's had at least in a decade. Yeah. Arguably the best year of his career. Uh, and and I was wrong, you know. I was furious when when we tried to take Marquez out in the cleanup spot again God. in 2018, and he's earned it. He's absolutely earned it. Oh, he's yeah. one of my all stars. Lorenzo Cain uh, is also he's been the best outfielder in the National League this year as an MVP candidate. He probably won't get to play because he's hurt, but he's the starter on my list. You took Nimmo as your mm-hmm. third guy or your second guy, I guess. Uh, I'm going with Kyle Schwarber. Okay. Because I didn't realize until I was researching this pod how good a season Schwarber's having. You know he's. He's a power, kind of high strikeout, low contact guy, which mm-hmm. is what's happening. He's batting 243 as of recording, but he's walking at a 17% rate, on base percentage over 370, which is really good when your batting average is that yeah. low. He's hitting for power. And the thing I wanted to bring out is if you go by Fangraph's defensive metrics, he is a plus plus defender in the outfield, which is insane to me, Lewis. That's incredible. How has Kyle Schwarber become a positive defensive player in left field? Currently third among outfielders in the National League. Better than Jason Hayward. Better than Ender Inciarte. Yeah, he's not just having a good year. He's having a weird year. It's so weird. It's so weird. And I, you know, I've got some Cubs fan friends too. And hit us up on Twitter if you've been watching Kyle Schwarber make apparently web gems after web gems in left field for the Cubs. But I was shocked to see how good a defensive season he's having. And I'm rewarding him with my all-star vote. Good for Kyle Schwarber. Good for Kyle Schwarber. You got Sam Lewis's all-star vote. That's right. That leaves... We can say designated hitter. It's J.D. Martinez, it's and, J.D. Martinez, and you don't get to vote for one in the American in the National League. J.D. Martinez having an, an incredible. I saw a stat that said over the last 162 games, uh-huh. I think he has over 70 home runs. Or good lord, it's something ridiculous. He's having an incredible season. We don't have time to talk about it now. That leaves just catcher. Mm-hmm. Catcher is a wasteland in the in the American League. Yep. You were saying before we started recording that on the Fangraphs leaderboard page you have to you had to take the minimum plate appearance qualifier mm-hmm. off because there was only two guys that qualified. I did the same thing, and I came. Well, I'm going to let you say who you who you picked first for your American League. No, kind of like Lewis said. I mean, catching the American League is just it's awful. It's a wasteland. So it's really bad. I'm going to the guy who's helped revitalize my fantasy team. We're back to fantasy. Yeah, it might shock you, but I'm going goal rookie Max Stacy for the Houston Astros. Shout AKA out to the backup to Brian. Shout McCann. out to Brian McCann's backup. Yeah, we and we we talked earlier to whether before we started recording as to whether it was Stacy or Sassy, and we had no idea. We still don't know. Um, apparently, he's a very good defensive catcher. Yep. Framing skills are off the charts. Um, he's the new Tyler Flowers. He's the, the proto Tyler Flowers. Congrats to you, Max Stassi slash Stacy, for getting Aaron Lewis's vote. I went with Yon Gomes, uh, VFL, 
great, great vol for life, Jan Gomes. He's having a below average season, yeah. and in the American League at catcher, that puts you right at the top of the leaderboard. So he, he'd be my second pick. Shout out to Jan order. Gomes. National League. Who do you got as your National League catcher to start the All-Star game? I'm assuming it's Kirk Suzuki, but I'll let you tell me. No, as, as much as I wish it was Kirk Suzuki or Tom Flowers, <laughs> I think JT Real Muto has had a great year. And um, I wouldn't see any other guys um, close to him unless you found somebody, but I'm going JT Real Muto for the JT balls. JT's a good pick. Um, we probably would need to pick JT Real Muto so, Real Muto, so mm-hmm. the Marlins get an All-Star. Something like that. I mean, assume, I'm assuming they've got like an average relief pitcher who's going to get in. I took Tucker Barnhart. Um, just to throw a bone to my Reds fans, friends, our Reds fans, listeners. Uh-huh. Tucker Barnhart's having a great season. He's a fantastic defensive catcher. Uh, I I read an article about some of the buyers and sellers, and the Reds are obviously going to be a seller. They've been playing well over the last few weeks, but they're obviously a seller. And the article I read said that the only guys who are off limits for the Reds are Joey Votto, obviously, uh-huh. and Tucker Barnhart. Off the board, they're not going to trade Tucker Barnhart. That's how valuable they see him from the defensive side. You know, behind the plate, framing, blocking balls, throwing runners out. He's an incredible defensive catcher, and he's fine on offense. And uh-huh. there's not a – it's kind of hilarious that neither one of us said Buster Posey, who's going to be the starter. Yeah, always going to be starter. that's not surprising. But I wanted to shout out Tucker Barnhart. So there you go. That's yep. what I did. All right, Lewis, that brings us to the end of what I had on Oof. the outline. That I thought that was going to be like a 25-minute in-and-out pod. We're over an hour. Oof. Should we save the Snicker Talker later, or... I said if we had time, we'd talk about Snicker. We obviously don't have time. That is a teaser, friends and neighbors. Come next back week. next week. I'm going to decimate Brian Snicker's managerial career. We'll bring with the, the Jackpot 9000 to it. Oh, it is just... you're. I'm going to tear him to pieces. I'm ready. I'm going to think about this for a week. Lewis, are there any other party shots you want to get out there before we get out of here? Nope. Shout out Yohan Camargo, who just hit a solo home run to tie the Braves game. I'm ready to get home watching the dope. Yes, sir. Go Braves. Go America. That'll do it for us on the informal MLB MLB pod. We've been at this too long. I can't talk anymore. <laughs> Give us a rating on iTunes. Share the pod with your friends. Reach out to us on Twitter, at InformalUS. He's at El Pelarojo. I'm at Lewis underscore 06. Normal co-host Austin Coley is at Austin Coley. Reach out to us there. Thank you so much for listening, for making it to the end. Go Braves. Go America. We're out. Peace out. Peace. Peace.